Hey there, I'm Christopher Schoenwald, and welcome to Life As A, a show intently focused on helping people find their professional pathway by exploring and unearthing the details of jobs from around the world. Hey, how are you doing? Before we get started today, I do have a favor to ask of all of you. I did start a channel over on YouTube in the last year, year and a half or so. And yeah, I'm really trying to promote that. And the reason being is I think the content that I'm putting out here, you know, we're doing all right with some of these guests that are coming on. And I think it deserves to be put in front of more people. And one of the best ways, of course, of doing that is through a platform like YouTube. Now, if you do interact with these videos on YouTube, that algorithm loves it. And that's the only way that it knows to continually share that content, put it in front of more people. So yeah, I could be a little bit biased here, but I think, you know, finding out about some of these careers is great for young people. It's great for mid-career professionals. So yeah, like, subscribe, it would help a ton. All right, well, let's get into this episode today. I don't know about you, but I'm getting this feeling more and more often that the future is now. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's not in five years. We are living it right now. And for me, at least, I get these feelings when I speak with people that are living these moments, whether it's within their professional careers, whether it's their businesses that they operate. Now, the guest that I have on today definitely, definitely gave me those types of feelings. And she's running this company called Listen Field. It's an agrotech company. Now, you might be wondering, agrotech, well, what the heck is this? Well, let me break it down for you. You're basically combining agriculture and technology. And the aim, at least for this guest company, is to help build resilience in agriculture using multidisciplinary technology, such as satellite, sensor data analytics, and more. Her tech allows farmers to know when they need to water their crops, soil quality, the, the condition of their crops, all sorts of things that obviously are quite useful and help, you know, take out the uncertainty of farming. So we get into it all, you know, what it's like running a tech business within the agricultural sector. Of course, I also ask about things like the challenges, some of the rewards of this type of life, this type of business, and the meaning attached to it all. So all up, I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation, and I do encourage everyone to check it out. Now, let me more formally introduce her to you, and we can get started. Rasaran Chincho Chanonan is the CEO of ListenField, an agricultural intelligent farming service. Her background, prior to establishing her company, was as a researcher who applied field sensor networks to solve problems in agriculture, environment, and disasters in several countries. Now, Rasaran has a PhD in engineering from Japan specializing in applying API platform design to agronomic models. It was during her research where Rasaran realized a huge gap between scientific research and agricultural outcomes. Thus, she decided to bridge this chasm. Enter ListenField, a company aimed at helping to build resilience in agriculture using multidisciplinary technology, satellite, sensor, data analytics, and agronomic prediction. ListenField's ecosystem is aligned to support sustainable and precise 
crop development that makes farmers, research organizations, and governments efficiently handle uncertainties caused by weather variability and quantify risk and ensure stability. ListenField has been providing its interoperable agro-environmental platform for serving agricultural reform schemes and has obtained a patent in Japan. ListenField has been recognized by international organizations such as Deep Tech Global Community and was the finalist of Seed Award by the UNDP. Now, with all that noted, here's my conversation with Rasaran Chincho Teranan. Yeah, so welcome to the program, Rasaran. Pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good, and thank you for having me with you today. Yeah, really excited for this. You know, as I was preparing for this talk and, and going through the outlines and, and whatnot and researching your company, I mean, every now and then I get this feeling that the future is right now. We are living in the future. And, uh, you know, it's not five years from now. It's not three years from now. It's right now. And, and your company, ListenField, really generated that emotion within me as I was just going through this. So I couldn't be more excited to, uh, to dive into it all. But I do have this first segment lined up. And as my listeners know, it's something called Coloring Wikipedia. And basically, it's just a segment. I read off a definition or two related to the guests and what they do. And I actually put you down for two definitions, okay? And they're, they're fairly simplistic, but let me just read off each, and then maybe you could comment after. Does that sound okay? Okay. All right, perfect. So here we go. The first definition I have is startup. A startup is a company or project undertaken by an entrepreneur to seek, develop, and validate a scalable business model. While entrepreneurship includes all new businesses, including self-employment and businesses that do not intend to go public, Startups are new businesses that intend to grow large beyond the solo founder. Okay, that's definition number one. The second one, agritech. So agritech or agrotech is the use of technology in agriculture, horticulture, and aquaculture with the aim of improving yield efficiency and profitability. Agricultural technology can be products, services, or applications derived from agriculture that improve various input-output processes. There it is, both definitions. First take, what do you think of that? Mm -hmm. I think it's right. And I want to add more on like startup, experience startup, and to experience as a co-founder, we have to have strong mind as well to be a part of a startup journey. And for Actech, this startup part Actech is like for Actech, people who uh, be involved with Actech, somewhat they have to have strong motivation. As for agriculture, it cannot be something that go quick or it cannot be something that grows as uh, e-commerce. It's something that stay with people, interact with people, involved with nature, and need time to change. Even we talk about technology that go fast, but when talk about agriculture, it's something that goes slowly, go with a cycle, go with the season, and this for agriculture. And in part of technology, one thing that I want to highlight as well is that for agriculture technology, one thing that we can also do is that to use technology to reduce cost operational costs in farming. And another important point right now is that technology can also be a part of uh, sustainability. So optimize 
the resources used so that we can be more sustained and be friendly to our planet as well. Mm, yeah, I really like those adjustments that you've kind of you know added to these definitions, and that that point about you know technology, of course, being fast, and that's the image of it, and rapid, and change is constant, and it's just it's built in almost to the definition itself of technology. But that notion of agriculture, of course, you know, it, it's it's one that just goes at its own pace, certainly, and that must be really interesting to run a business. You know, being immersed in both worlds, you know, where it's like fast paced on the one hand and on the other, it kind of, I don't know, maybe it grounds you a little bit and forces you to kind of slow down and rethink things. You know, I could see it being maybe a point of frustration at times, but also at different points, if you're able to, to really reflect on it, it could be a strength. It could be something that actually adds value to your business model. What would you say to that? Yes, Exactly. That what I also say. It requires um strong motivation, and if what is strong motivation, yeah. of course, is to have a lot of challenge. But if we stay focused, motivate, like um passion about this, and stay with it long enough, then is is the opportunity as well. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Okay, well, that is part of the spirit of this segment, you know, coloring Wikipedia is what I really enjoy about it is is getting into these sort of like finer details and finer perspectives, quite frankly, you know, the definitions are kind of cut and dry, and uh, they tell you enough, but they don't paint a complete picture. And the insight that you just provided there, I think it just gives you a, a, a wider view of, you know, of what these concepts or these constructs truly mean to somebody like yourself, say, who has a business that combines both of them. Was there anything that you'd like to de-emphasize within those definitions or are you satisfied in that sense? Mm, I think it's, it's good. But another thing that not really emphasize, but add on for this is like for agriculture, we have to deal with a lot of uncertainty and many uncertainty that cannot defy with some knowledge that we gain from experience. But with technology, we might be able to use technology as a tool to understand, adapt, or be able to reduce the risk or the damage from uncertainty as well. Yeah, it almost mitigates it to a certain extent, doesn't it? Well, you know, with that being stated, I do want to shift over into this other segment, if we care to hear it, Rasan. And it's called A Day in the Life. And, you know, I'd be really curious to hear about, you know, what things are like for you as a CEO of a tech startup being based within Bangkok, within Thailand. You know, what is a typical day for you immersed in, in, in what you do? Again, you know, tech being this, this fast, fast paced, at least the image would be. And then as you just sort of outlined, you know, agriculture itself just kind of slowing things down. So, what what is your life like these days in in running Listenfield? Mm-hmm. But as a CEO and co-founder, for me to run Listenfield is the kind of how I say I I don't have a definition of holiday. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> What's that? Right? It's yeah. Not like okay, um, every day I I I get to work. Every day is about Listenfield, but at the same time, it's not a kind of feeling that I feel like I have to work. But more on okay, every day I can do thing, improve thing that I think I can do like that. And like I'm a early bird person, so I wake up very early in the morning, like 
5 a.m. And like, it's like, it's a time that everything is calm. So I can uh, spend time to like, okay, make my coffee. And then my coffee uh, leads some um, new paper. I'm a kind of old school people. I still need new paper. And after go through a new paper for every pages, then right now I have uh, two cats. I'm a type of spend time watching a cat uh, walking around to calm myself. And then like uh, from six o'clock, then I start to uh, check the tasks on GitLab. So uh, in our company, we use GitLab as a task management and a project management. Then I spend time to check, okay, what's going on? And uh, is there any part that I have to answer or review? And then eight o'clock, then we have, um, uh, I go to office and then uh, say hello to a team member who come to the office. And then nine o'clock, uh, we have a daily stand-up. Then we, we check, okay, what's going on inside the team and uh, spend time working in the morning, like spend more time on thinking of what kind of product that we want to develop or what kind of feature that we can improve better, review customer feedback, that kind of activity is going on. And then most of the time, a lot of meeting going on. So meeting with customer, meeting with team member. How long has Listen Field been, you know, in operations for? Uh, we just served a six year anniversary this month. Oh, we set up on the 5th of June on 2017. So we choose the World Environmental Day as a day that we established Listen Feel. How fitting. Okay, well, congratulations. Yeah, that's, that's it's quite the journey. I mean, for anyone who's involved in entrepreneurship, everyone knows, I mean, it can be a, it can be a battle. It can be quite the challenge. And, and making it out of those first few critical years is, is one of the biggest hurdles. And uh, to, to, to get into your sixth year now and to continue to, to be growing. And, uh, you know, I've been seeing your company and viewing it, you know, online places like LinkedIn and, uh, you know, some of the, the, the activity there that I'm sure, you know, we'll, we're going to get into later in this conversation, but, uh, yeah, congratulations on that. All right. Well, before we do get into that, I do kind of want to rewind a little bit in this next segment here, something called pathways. And the aim of this segment is to kind of illustrate how people make their way into their businesses or into their professions. And oftentimes, from my experiences of speaking with a lot of different types of people, entrepreneurs or professionals, this line of how they make their way into it is often left-hand turns, right-hand turns. It's never straight. It's never linear. And I'd love to know a little bit about your journey to, to the point of launching Listen Field. You know, first of all, did you have any formative experiences or interest within, say, agriculture or technology, or were these things that sort of just naturally developed later on in the course of just living life. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. For me, actually, I didn't plan at all to like have my own company, but more or like, okay, I'm interested in technology. I enjoy uh, utilizing data to solve problems. And one one day I have a chance to join a, a research group that work in agriculture. We're setting up sensor in the field. And like we use the data to improve the productivity of farmer, like he'll try farmer. So that kind of a project that like 
make aha moment to me is that I feel like wow, this is a thing that I I can enjoy and is make something uh, better, make 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 people uh happier, improve lives. Yeah, yeah. At that moment, I know that okay, I I like to work in this field, and then I choose to study PhD on like. To understand about how we can use utilize data for agriculture modeling part, and then come to the step that okay, we already build something up, but if we really want to create impact, then we need to make it sustain. We need to make it as a business, not just a research project. Then I and my co-founder, who was my advisor, think that okay, we can, we should continue. Then we set up Listen Field. At that time, it's like without any experience, as like I even don't know at that time that okay, what is fundraising? <laughs> But just just have just have the idea. Okay, we want to continue what we have built. We we want to make this become more useful. Okay, so it sounds like to me it was completely passion driven at that point, and uh, the entrepreneurship side of it was a byproduct of. The passion already being there for the idea and the, uh, the the potential and possibility of what your ideas you know offered basically is that 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 would be correct? Exactly, that right. And I guess once you get on that that pathway of entrepreneurship, I'm sure you uh, you figured out a lot of things on the fly rather quickly. You know, <laughs> exactly. It, it is not like I I have no choice, but luckily that I'm the person who like. If I don't know, then I I ask question, and those people who I ask for, they're willing to uh, support. That that like really become a part of encourage me to like keep keep moving, keep a uh, walking to this a uh, journey. And was it at this point that you were you were within Japan at this point when you were in university, or? Yes, that's right. I established. Listen to you in Japan first in 2017, and two year later, then we established Listen Field in Thailand. All right, so you're doing university in Japan, and then undergoing some of these experiments, basically, and and research projects in in Japan, which has a strong or rich agricultural history itself, and then. At that point, you once once things developed to the point of like you want to continue this. Did you establish operations in Japan first, and then go over into Thailand, or was it? We use a uh, Listen Field Japan as the base and the headquarter, a Listen Field Thailand as um, yeah. the hub to okay. expand our technology in this region. All right. Well, how exciting. Well, maybe we could meander over into another segment here, Asan. A Q and A discovery. We can kind of just continue this back and forth. And you know, I thought this might be a good opportunity for you to, you know, better explain Listen Field as far as you know the the scope of product and services that you do offer. You know, maybe you could uh, to share that with listeners a little bit more. You know, a little bit more deeply. Uh huh. Sure. So Listen Field is the um, tech company as you already described. And uh, we utilize mm-hmm. technology to help to answer the question in agriculture. We use technology as a tool to provide engine so that farmers and stakeholder can uh, manage their farm in effective way. And we use the technology to help uh, farmers and stakeholder to uh, reduce their operational cost. Improve productivity and also become more friendly to environment. And from this, then we provide information 
from soil to harvest. From soil means we help our farmers and stakeholders to listen to soil, to understand that what kind of nutrition that is available in soil, what kind of nutrition that need so that they can plant crop that can uh, be more productive. And then during a growing season, then we provide health monitoring, crop health monitoring by utilizing a satellite and remote sensing to help our farmers understand the health of their crop. It's like we provide X-ray image for every five days to understand the health of their crop, understand what kind of nutrition that uh, their crop need, how much water that their crop need, and we provide um, analytic engine to help farmers to understand that based on this climate uncertainty or climate for the coming season, how much yield that they can expect or how much risk to loss their crop that they might need to prepare. So this kind of information that we provide and also based on this is the, the uh, farm management uh, tools that we provide so that we can upgrade farmers to become a professional farmers that can be profitable. That's exactly it. What I was speaking of earlier is like the future is right now. Again, like when I listen to this and I hear these, you know, these offerings of what you were just describing, like the future is right now. It's not within two years, three years, four years, five years. It's right now. Like this kind of blows my mind that for a layman, somebody who's not within this sector at all, it, it seems like it's coming out of nowhere in a way, you know, and, and I guess in a sense, relatively speaking, even five, six, seven years, like that is kind of like out of nowhere, you know, suddenly we have these tools available that we can analyze like what you were just describing when we should be watering or how much, you know, yield we could be expecting based on factors X, Y, and Z. Like it's just taking farming and what that whole profession, what that whole lifestyle is all about or traditionally has been about and just almost flipping it upside down we are exciting too but at the same time a lot of challenge though <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure yeah like any startup like any business most definitely most definitely but but all the same i mean for what the potential offers or what it represents at least i mean it would seem that you're you're on a pathway to to really changing things you know becoming a bit of a game changer within the industry so yeah exciting well, I have this other question here, and it does relate to this idea of technology. Of course, we're speaking a lot about technology today. It's the backbone of your business and what you're all about. But I find it interesting that nowadays, like in a lot of different areas, even outside of just agriculture, that technology is almost becoming viewed as this savior in a way. I mean, governments are kind of viewing it that way. Businesses, you know, and, and environmental matters are kind of like clinging to this hope of technology solving some of these big problems that we have. and. I saw recently, you know, an article on Japan. Of course, Japan does have this rich farming, you know, tradition and, and agricultural history. But at the same time, it is still this island nation. And uh, and actually, there was a ranking, I think, where it was showing that in terms of self-sufficiency standards, Japan was one of the lowest in the world. And uh, for me at that time, like it was a bit shocking to see that. And critics would point to, you know, this being a danger, you know, it's, it's, it's a weakness for Japan. And the Japanese government, their retort to this was that their strategy moving forward was to be relying on technology, basically leveraging technology to improve yields and efficiency so that, you know, despite some of their other shortcomings, they, they still feel confident that 
they're going to be all right in essence. And I, I would suspect that that's part of Listenfield's positioning, not only for a country like Japan, but for a lot of other places or regions of the world. You know, what would you say to this? I I agree with this statement. It's like for land, we cannot we cannot expand land anymore, and it's like in terms of a uh, people, human. Anyway, the population is decrying, which means that the only one way to make the limited resources become more productive or like limited resources to produce in a better way that is only the technology that uh, can can be a part of that. It, it's hard to argue with that when you're seeing results that you're seeing right now, I suppose, and uh, you know the potential of what offerings like that are you know promising to others. And, and again, exciting positioning for, for you to be within as well at that point, I would assume. I do have some other questions here as well. I mean, as a startup, CEO and founder of a company like this, you know, it would seem to me that like there's a certain level of enthusiasm when you know that you're you're onto something and you see a gap in the market, like what we we're just speaking of, that would be an opportunity, certainly. But at the same time, you know, like things are never as easy as they seem. Like, you know, you you feel like you could just slot your offering in there and the uptake would be instantaneous. But that's not how things work, obviously. There's there's some hardship and struggle and all of that associated with it. Now, in terms of your offering, again, I mean, it would seem that, uh, you know, well, why wouldn't anyone grab onto that right away? But for you and your business, what has been the biggest obstacle to this point of more widespread adoption? For agriculture, as I mentioned, it's, like, it's about the thing go um, slowly. And not only that, it's like traditional style or like when dealing with farmers. So they... They have been uh, doing this for for like for their whole life, but when we are to change, it it not it not that easy. And like especially for technology and data that uh, we provide, we offer, is really need time to prove that okay, this is a uh, better than uh, the conventional style that they have been working for their whole life. So this is uh, the most challenging one that we are facing. And uh, second challenge is that in agriculture, uh, what sometimes what we call is like, it has been analog. Analog, mean, that means that anyway, when we talk about technology, digital technology, AI, they need a lot of data. But the industry that have been analog for like a long time, then data data is very important, but this also a challenge that we also have to try to correct data at the same time as a building a technology. So this is also another challenge. Are your customers typically bigger farms themselves, or are you going after small sort of enterprise? Like, what would be your target? Right now, we are working with a group of farmers, like contact farmers and a company who are working with farmers. So this is like the, the customer that right now we are working with. Okay, and that would make sense then, I guess. So you can kind of rely on that middleman to, to do some of the educating, I suppose, and, and leverage the relationships that they have with the farmers and the trust that they have to help facilitate or ease ease the uh, the, the product or service into the hands of the farmers, I would I would guess. 
that that is exactly what we are doing we, at the beginning actually when we expand the business to thailand we kind of jump into like working directly with farmers but one thing that we realize is that it might not be the right relationship yet as for farmer anyway there's still need to have like human human relationship that's why we pivot our business to be like okay we have to work with a, a corporate or we have to work with agribusinesses that have relationship with farmers and then utilize technology and at the same time make technology become more mature that uh, it can be easy to adopt for farmers. Yeah, that's a really good point, I think. And that's one that I think bewilders a lot of people who might have a tech startup or entertaining the notion of, of starting one and thinking that, well, this offering just makes too much sense for a customer or potential customer to say no to. Your enthusiasm for the, the product or service can sometimes get in the way of some of these just market dynamics, like, you know, something like this, where, yes, it makes complete sense for these people to adopt it. But if the trust, if the feeling isn't there, you're, you're going up against these issues of traditions and all these other things that are powerful influencers of, you know, decision-making processes, it can really stymie or, or, you know, prevent a business from growing. And I think it's a really valid point that I think as, you know, someone who is entertaining this notion of getting into, you know, any type of business, you, you have to really, that's why market research obviously is quite important in speaking with people, as you said, communicating with people and really truly understanding their needs, their, their fears, rational or irrational to, to better understand how you can position or strategically go about, you know, positioning your, your company for success. And I think that's a, a really valuable lesson. I'm really glad that you brought that up there. I do have this other question here within this segment, and it's it's kind of going to this point of, you'd mentioned already, Mike, why you got into this business of doing good, basically, within the world. Like Something like this is transformative, or it has the potential, at least, to be transformative, whether we're looking at a macro scale, where you're affecting large regions across a particular country or or, or area, for example. But also you could consider, you know, micro scale sort of influences that you can have on small businesses or small farms, which obviously comes down to individuals. And that can really be transformative for people, for families. So, I mean, what I'm driving at here is philosophically speaking, I mean, your work and your mission, there, there's a lot there in terms of where you could be deriving your own sense of contentment in what you're doing. I'd love to hear that a little bit more from you, if you wouldn't mind. Yes, for this, maybe I will pick up one story. It's like for this, at the beginning, when we start to expand business and service technology to, to Thailand, then I have a chance to visit many remote areas to like really see that what is going on. So I met a really old farmer. <laughs> yeah, really old. It's like right now he's like 70, 70 year old. When he listened to what we are sharing at that time, I I don't think that uh, he understand the technology, but he feel like, oh, he have some hope. He have some hope that farming, he feel like, oh, uh, he have to put effort, a lot of hard work. Yeah. But right now, it's the kind of thing that will make his life better. It becomes like, oh, not, not just the technology, but a kind of thing that 
it can provide some hope. Yeah. And at the same time, it's a kind of a story or the the thing that make him feel like, oh, right now farmer is not just the people at the bottom. But if with technology, then he he can be in the trend. And since then, you know, he he still keep using the application that we provide. And this is like the one thing that okay, we have been thinking many times that oh for for um smartphone application that we provide for individual farmer should we continue or not? But with this kind of user, yeah. then it's keep us think that oh, it's still like someone that still uh, see the benefit and keep using it. And this is not just the the mission that I share, but this kind of the relationship as well. Yeah, that human interaction. And, and again, the, like the transformative nature of what you're offering, right? I mean, that's it's probably something that you wouldn't have necessarily envisioned. And when I was considering that question, that's not exactly what I was expecting to hear either. But it makes complete sense, though. You know, it does make sense. And it's this other byproduct of, of what you offer and how it can change people's lives, you know, not just for dollars and cents and making things easier in terms of like the labor associated with, with the work of being a farmer, but also like the image of it. And maybe in some way that attracts a different type of person who wouldn't otherwise consider getting into it. And like, this is more tech related and maybe, you know, that's going to not only attract more people, but maybe even more investment into it eventually. So if if you can kind of consider it or speak to people like that and hear these stories, then yeah, I guess I could certainly change your perspective and give you a different vantage and viewpoint on it all. Hmm. Interesting. I never think of this before. No, neither had I until your story there. But yeah, you know, it's an interesting sort of byproduct of, of what you are doing and, you know, how it could change things, at least for you know, some people and, and maybe eventually lead to bigger changes. So yeah, I appreciate that story. Maybe we can count that as the, uh, the water cooler story segment, which, uh, which we were just about to get into. So that was absolutely perfect timing. Yeah, which does lead us into our last segment here, a crystal ball segment. And as the name implies, you know, we're looking towards the future trends, predictions, so on and so forth. And again, we've been speaking a lot about technology already, but I mean, for for good reason, that's, that's what your business is built on. And, you know, when I was thinking about this idea of technology and, and your company, it must be exciting in a, in a lot of different respects. I mean, technology, by definition, is something that's constantly changing. I think we spoke about this earlier. And that creates opportunity, of course, you know, change can mean opportunity. That's also exciting. But on the other hand, you know, what change can also mean for a business can be, you know, somewhat unsettling at times, you know, it can really wreak havoc in a way, you know, your your internal systems need to change external systems, processes, offerings, all these different things can almost destabilize a business if not managed correctly. So my question here is, what is it like being so closely aligned, built on the back of technology. Your 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 company, your future is built on this idea of technology. What what is that like? What is that right? Yeah. Like it must be exciting, as I said, but it must create some degree of challenge and perhaps stress at times for you. What would you say to that? Yes. As I share that for agriculture, right? Of course, we when we build the model for agriculture, we have to deal with a lot of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And but at the same time, when we build the model or we analyze the data, try to find the answer. And, and when we 
plan for the output, we always think of the positive way that, oh, we, we will figure it out that, okay, this kind of factor can contribute uh, to this kind of result. And this can also help our user to understand the situation better and improve things. Uh, it's like when we develop uh, this kind of model, it's not this kind of straightforward or this kind of uh, linear equation. Most of the time, we have to spend time figuring out what's going on. It's like three months past, and then we end up that, oh my goodness, so it's not as what we expect. Yeah. So this kind of, a kind of, when we have to deal with technology yeah. and uncertainty at the same time. Right. So it, it sounds like to me, like the uncertainty is the expectation of, of working within technology. It's like, you know, at some point you're going to be surprised. So as long as you're mentally prepared for that, <laughs> like, you know, oh, things right. aren't going to always going to be as, as simple or straightforward. There are going to be some things that are going to rock the boat or change things around a little bit. It can kind of help you to prepare for those moments, it sounds like. Exactly. And even we not have to like deal with uh, soil in the field as farmer, but at the same time, we also have to uh, deal with this and have to uh, train ourselves, train our team to yeah. be able to accept uh, the this kind of failure and then start always think of how to find the, the way yeah. to get into the, the goal. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's maybe also part of entrepreneurial 101, you know, <laughs> like always finding a way and keeping that, that, that right mindset, you know, when you're encountering challenge and trying to turn it into something, you know, an, an opportunity perhaps for growth or an opportunity to pivot and, and so on and so forth. So, okay. All right. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. I do have one last question here. I mean, and it, it, it goes to this point of AI. Of course, AI is a big topic right now, and it's part of your offering and what you know, Listen Field is about. But you know, I'd be curious about what other ways we could expect AI to transform agritech moving forward. Do you have any insights or is there any chatter within the industry on particular applications or maybe you know, things that you're interested in, in exploring a little bit more? For us, it's like for agriculture, right? It's like it's have been in a process, right? But as I already mentioned, a lot of uncertainty there. Mm -hmm. So it's like we can see AI as a kind of maybe some back box and find some uh, a solution that the kind of uh, process model, like physical model or process model cannot be answered. So this is what we... Mm, see that this is the opportunity of the combination of process model and AI model in agriculture. It's like, as you may see, like soy is really mysterious. Like only one spoon of soy uh, contains like millions of um, life. Yeah. So with a process model, we might not be able to understand it, but with um, AI, we might be able to understand mm. the nature better. Okay. Okay. So better understandings. And then also maybe this idea of offsetting uncertainty as well, you know, with all that knowledge, how you apply that knowledge in ways to, to better position your product or your, you know, whatever you're growing for success in that sense. All right. Well, I must say, you know, it's been a true pleasure in, in learning more about Listen Field, but also just hearing different perspectives on 
what you've been sharing throughout this conversation. I think it'll be really interesting for listeners, you know, one from that perspective of a tech startup, but then also two within this field of agritech. So I can't thank you enough for all of your time today, Rosanna. It's been a true pleasure. Thank you very much. And when I talk to you, it's like you reflect on what I say. It's become more right. Really interesting to also listen to the, the idea or the conclusion that you add up on what I say. This is really interesting talk. Now, for those interested in learning more about Rasan, of course, you can check her out, her company, Listenfield. You can also find her on LinkedIn as well and on YouTube. And for reference, I will have links within the show notes for all of these sites. And I mean, also, if you like today's show, please be sure to share. It helps way more than you can know. You can also rate, review, and subscribe this podcast wherever you access them. And lastly, don't forget to check out YouTube. I will have a highlights compilation of the talk there so you can kind of take it in in a different manner. And finally, don't forget to join us on the next episode of Life as a, where we'll continue to explore and unearth the details of professions and the people behind them. I'm your host, Christopher Schoenwald. Until next time, stay curious about life and living.